This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. A problem for our state. And while we have made considerable advancements like wage increases, deferred compensation, professional development opportunities, more is needed. Supporting our state workers means supporting the people of Missouri, and we are not done yet. This year, as part of our supplemental budget, we're requesting an immediate 8.7% cost of living increase for our state employees. For any... Uh, we knew it was coming because the governor tipped off Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, Brian Housworth a couple of weeks ago prior to the uh, prayer breakfast. How did... How did, John, you remember exactly how he worded that slash didn't word that uh, on your guys' show that day? Well, Brian has the exact verbatim comment, but it was basically when we asked him about it and said, hey, this is a company town, what are you going to tell state workers? He said they would be... Uh, pleased with mm-hmm. what he was going to announce. I think that was the exact word. They are going to be pleased. He broke that here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, Brian Housworth a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and I'm wondering, so pay raise for state employees. I think one of the biggest takeaways, you look at the number of state employees just in Cole County, according to the Jefferson City Chamber of Commerce, roughly 14,200 state employees. Yep, in, we've used we've used that right around fifteen thousand number for a number of years, but that's number one employer. So you think about that. That is huge. Not just uh, not just for the state employees. And again, I get it. I know probably doesn't cover the what's happened since since Joe's been president. I don't get. I understand that, but still, that's a huge deal. More money, I guess, going into the economy. This is pretty big. It is. It is huge. And uh, you know, if you look at the coverage around the state or the state of the state. Kansas City, St. Louis, uh, Post-Dispatch, they all focus on different things. In mid-Missouri, without question, state employee pay is the biggest thing that is on the minds. doesn't matter who the governor is. This is the biggest one we have seen in our lifetime, um, at, at least in my lifetime. And to your point, there's one other thing we absolutely have to, m- to mention here. Not only, Brandon, is state government the largest employer in Jefferson City, nothing even comes close. It, it was 14,000. The hospitals each employ about 1,000 or so. The school district is a big employer. Lincoln Noth- University employs Link- quite a few. Exactly. And then you've got the, you know, Hitachi and stuff. And no offense to any of those. Those are all great employers. But the reality is nothing compares to the state. And, and that is a company town. And yeah, there's and, no doubt. And growing up, I mean, that's just, that you know, growing up in Jeff City, that was just part of it. Everyone worked for the state. I mean, my dad worked for the state. Both of Chris's parents work for the state. Currently, his sister, his brother, my sister-in-law, yeah. they all work for the state. And, Brian you know, and it matters. Brian and I both work for the state. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, we did. Absolutely. And it is it is a big deal. And I'll tell you, the, the, the thing, too, and, and Brandon and I were watching and listening to the speech as well. I think what was significant, the Republicans jumped up, Rudy Veet, and and I noticed several others. But I watched the reaction of the Democrats, and they jumped out of their chairs to applaud the governor on this pay raise. That tells me this is a slam dunk. Incidentally, the uh, the speech, the speech from the time Governor Parsons started talking until he was done, uh, right about 51, 52 minutes. Uh, just for the heck of it, it's probably an incredible time waster. I went through the entire speech and I, I edited out all of the applause. Uh, 
about 35 minutes. Wow. That's a lot of applause. <laughs> and, that, and there was a lot of pomp and circumstance at the very beginning as well. Yeah, so from the time the governor started speaking, to, it was about 52 minutes to take out the applause, 35 minutes. It took me about an hour so I could bring 20 minutes worth of info here to the show. I'm regretting now that I ever did that. <laughs> did anybody like fall off any stages or podiums? That's good. Nothing, uh, like, nothing like that. I about fell out of my chair when I see a local headline this morning. Uh, because this was maybe, I guess, kind of my take based on reaction from Democrats listening to the governor's speech. But one of the headlines from local news outlets, matter of fact, KRCG, Democrats mostly support Governor Mike Parson's state of the state address. I, I think that's uh, accurate. Now, there are they, they don't agree with him on the tax cut position and stuff, but that's more of a, a philosophical issue. Crystal Quaid, I think if you look at her tweets, and she's certainly been critical of the governor for the last several years, but she has been pushing for a state employee pay raise, Peter Meredith as well. The These issues here are bipartisan. In fact, um, the Democrats would like to see some of these numbers even go a little bit higher. I don't know that we'll get much higher than some of the numbers the governor gave, but that I think that's significant. The the tone of the governor's speech was very bipartisan. I didn't. He did not bring up CRT. Did not bring up Kim Gardner. Some of the things that you know he's not specifically brought up CRT. He's brought up Kim Gardner though. I didn't hear anything really that was too controversial about what he said. But the fact that they have said that is significant. There still will be battles in the legislature, but um, I, I do think the governor's uh, just based on on reaction. I think that a lot of these things are going to pass pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, what did Lieutenant Governor Kehoe say about veterans issues yesterday? You'd be crazy not to support it. And when you're talking about I-70, about infrastructure, about kids, you know, about, you know, everyday issues that affect, you know, people who have been hurting the last year, um, about returning money to the people who earned it. Um, you know, you'd be crazy not to support some of this stuff. But it's nice to see the Democrats are are standing behind the governor on some of these issues. Seven ten. State Senator Travis Fitzwater is going to join us with a little bit of reaction on his part. We'll also, uh, we've got some reaction from Democrat Senate Leader John Rizzo. Uh, his re- and I, I watched his reaction video that he put out for us, and he was kind of like, yeah. Uh, which was- They really like the, the Dems made a big deal about the governor saying, what, $800 million for various child care programs and pre-kindergarten, free and reduced lunch. I mean, you know, that was kind of a floated that one over the plate and took a good swing at it. I got a lot of money in the bank account right now. Am I going to have money in my bank account to continue to pay for some of these cool things a couple of years down the road? These are one time. This is a yeah. generational investment. These are not ongoing programs. So, no, you're, you're, it's a fair question. I know a lot of our audience is probably asking that. But I said something yesterday on the Randy Tilbush show. Uh, Brandon, you had some great analysis, too. I, I enjoyed hearing you. But I pointed out. If this were a Democratic governor that had stood at that podium and called for some of these things before a Republican legislature, I'm not sure they go through. Parson has political capital. He's going to spend it. And it's $56 million to expand pre-kindergarten options to all low-income Missouri children. That is something we have just heard. That that would have been pie in the sky a few years ago. Another one of my big takeaways, besides specific things he mentioned, I think overall, and I'm guilty of this too, we'll get a job. And I'll use a stereotypical, let's say, a single parent. Okay, I can get a job. Uh, I got a job. Uh, but now I got to find daycare. So if, 
if I can even find daycare right now, uh, I'm going to spend almost half my salary in paying for daycare. And I think offering some help for parents and grandparents there, because I don't always think about what do I get a job, go do this, go do that. Okay. Uh, or I can work from home. Well, guess what? I live in rural northeast Missouri. Right. Uh, our broadband coverage ain't so good up here. Some of that stuff, I think, was incredibly important uh, a- as a whole. This, which was bigger, the state employee raise or this? This year, we are requesting $859 million, the largest investment in decades, to widen and rebuild I-70 corridor and take the first steps in adding a third lane across our state. I could hear people from Columbia cheering (laughs) from Columbia. I mean, that is huge for mid-Missouri. Well, and Matt McCormick hinted at this last week in the ready, and you you caught it too when we had had the sound bites. I think Bill Eigel jumped ahead of the governor a little bit on this. Eigel's, Eigel's got a proposal for a four lane, but if you look at Eigel's proposal in this one, they both tap into funding. Now, Eigel's plan was eight billion. The governor says we can get it done with nine hundred million. This is big. And then the governor said something last night on to Chris Trevino on the on the Tiger uh, basketball broadcast, the radio. He said that project would start here in Columbia, move off to the east or west, but it would start here. And he did not say that yesterday during the speech. So huge impact. We're talking about hundreds of jobs around here. Governor Parson at last night's incredible game by Mizzou last night, 79-76, close call. Guess who else was at Mizzou's basketball game last night with the governor and all these other folks? One Miss Stephanie Bell. Ah, Good morning, Stephanie. And I saw Cousin Andy (laughs) taking notes for the game. Um, And and, uh, I was there with uh, Dr. Ashley Immel, who, uh, you know, sometimes is on this show and on uh, the Tobler show. Uh, There's Mr. Brian Houseworth. Good to see you and uh, Sharon Winton was also introduced last night that or yesterday. That was huge. Uh, yeah, I was in tears over that. Um, that was she, big. She was our daycare provider, and I get emotional talking about it. But um, so, yeah, when I went to uh, find a daycare for my daughter, uh, or for my son, first of all, I started asking around town, and everyone said the same, the same name came, came out of everybody's mouth. And a lot of uh, state employees know her because her daycare used to be across from Patty Malone's right there in downtown so that she's uh, provided a valuable service. And for us, you know, it wasn't an option not to go there. So um, seeing her recognized, and they even uh, some of the kids from the daycare came out uh, at the end of the speech. It was a beautiful mm. moment. There were uh, a lot of, lot of tears in that audience. Oh, I'm sure. And the ki- some of the p- lawmakers, too. Overall, my bottom line, um, even if I cut through my partisan BS, I thought really important stuff happened. Martian, your mind, uh, biggest takeaway. Well, biggest takeaway was really no great surprise, especially for our Wake Up Mid-Missouri listeners, that the governor was doing the 8.7 cost of living increase for... uh, for state government employees, but I think, like Stephanie said and Brian said, the close second is the I-70 project and especially the uh, the I-70-63 interchange that the governor brought up and talked about that and basically indicated, let's get rid of the traffic lights and put in some highway ramps to make the traffic smoother. And like you said, people started cheering from one end of mid-Missouri to the other. I think I'm going to bypass betting Hannah's salary. I would bet a million. I would bet a million. Oh, and I had one of my big questions was, hey, you know, the new bridges at Rocheport? 
those were already designed to handle three lanes, right? Because they're not building a new bridge and then going, oh, crap, now we got to expand it another lane. Uh, we were told that, yes, Rocheport bridges are already designed to handle three, uh, three lanes. I would bet a million dollars, maybe, that... What happened in the state of the state yesterday from our governor, probably one of the most, what they want to do, uh, the most impact, mid-Missouri as a whole, state employee pay raises in I-70. I, in recent memory, I cannot think of anything that has had more impact, not just on the state, but on us, where we live as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think Brian kind of said something like generational impact. I mean, if those two projects get done, uh, I mean, it will be massive for Mid-Missouri for years to come. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. In China, they're not just doing this for charity. They're doing this because they want to get a return on their investment. That poses a national security risk. So when Representative James Comer from Kentucky says they, he is referring to China and the Biden ties. And you start looking at these classified documents that the president of the United States had in his possession that we know at least some of the documents had to do with Ukraine and Iran just that we know of. We know the White House keeps lying to us and withholding information. Uh, be stunning to see what else is in there potentially as it relates to China. Steph, getting us into today's daily D.C. rundown has a little bit more on this. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen met with her Chinese counterpart. They talked about differences in preventing competition from becoming conflict. Uh, the meeting was two and a half hours long. That's a long meeting. We got the readout. Um, they did agree that they should focus on, uh, they could agree that they should um, focus on climate change and uh, and working for developing countries in their clean energy trans transitions. Um, we did find out that Yellen does plan to travel to China. Um, China expressed concern over U.S. economic trade uh, uh, and technology policies obviously designed to, you know, limit Chinese competition. Um, but it came up in the state of the state a little bit last night. Uh, so I think the governor made some comments about, you know, hey, we can't let them, you know, on, on like tech and semiconductors. Um, it, we have to be mindful as a state uh, of our policies toward China. Interesting. Yes, the World Economic Forum, Al Gore. Uh, as it relates to climate change and all that. Listen to him talking about the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. In my country, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is primarily a climate uh, act. Oh, he said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> we know, and uh, he's saying after it's passed, oh, by the way, that thing that uh, we pulled the wool over Americans' eyes, it was really just a climate change act. Wow. All right. Yesterday, we also learned, um, we so we learned that I think um, they're in Germany right now, a bunch of uh, Ukrainian uh, folks training, getting some training from the U.S. military. But we found out yesterday that um, U.S. and Ukraine uh, top military chiefs met in person for the first time. So General uh, Mark Milley was there. Um, they didn't say where exactly they were meeting, except they were near the Ukraine-Poland border. Apparently, these two have been talking frequently since the conflict erupted. But my real question is, you know, how are they? And they said, oh, they're talking all the time. Are they texting? Are they on Zoom? 
What what are what platform? You know, what are those two guys? Ta- they pick up like a spe- super se- top secret phone. Are they Facebook messaging? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. We're we're communicating. What does that mean? Is it like through telegraph and stuff like that, or is it Facebook? Are they talking? Is it high powered meetings behind closed doors? But I thought this was really good. And the there, um, so an army colonel, Dave Butler, commented on the face to face meeting, and he said it's important when you have two military professionals looking each other in the eye and talking about very important topic there's a difference and i i do think there is when you when you get to sit down with someone face to face and i think you know we've had a lot of conflict a lot of uh in politics and elsewhere and i wonder how much of that is because so many people weren't sitting down face to face over the last couple of years so i i found that really profound um, also, the Supreme Court uh, seemed sympathetic to a deaf student who sued his school. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. The right to reproductive health care in the face of these attacks. She will talk about what's at stake for millions of women across the country and most importantly, the need for... Hold up. The the president, she said the, the president and then she said... Let me get this straight here. This Sunday, the president will speak about the fight to secure. So this Sunday, the president. Secure women's fundamental right to reproductive health care in the face of these attacks. She will talk about what's. She? She? Um, so is she calling Joe Biden a she? Or. or- <laughs> you're right. And I only bring it up. Listen, we all have slip of the tongues. Uh, <laughs> huh. uh-huh. Some of us more than others. Some of us more than others. But I, I bring this up because more than once, more than once, this has happened. And I'm going to I'm going to come up with my theory here. They are trying to again, it's the Democrats. How tasty is this theory? Uh, they're trying to subliminally work in the idea of us getting used to the idea of president, president Kamala Harris. What do you think? Am I going out there a little bit? I believe it. It's happened. No, I don't think you're. I, I don't think you're out there as far as you think you are. Speaking of those two, as they soft launch, you know, Kamala Harris's presidency. <laughs> did you see the video that Biden posted on Twitter of him ordering a cheeseburger for lunch? No. Yeah, he's. It was a cool message of supporting small businesses, but it's just funny because it's him calling a restaurant. It's like I'd like a. A bacon cheeseburger for lunch, please. I'll be buying my 1967 Classic Collector's Edition Corvette to pick it up. Uh, welcome to the show. Wake up, Mid-Missouri. John Marsh, producer Hannah Stephanie Bell, Brian Housworth. My name is Brandon Rathard. Coming up 710, State Senator Travis Fitzwater is going to be joining us. Uh, reaction to the State of the State address. Have reached out to David Tyson uh, Smith. Thought it'd be interesting to get a Democrat's point of view on what went down yesterday. There is a local headline that says... Yeah, seems like uh, folks pretty much in agreement. We will highlight some audio. Uh, we got a hold of a uh, video from the uh, from the uh, Democrat uh, leader of uh, uh, here in Missouri, John Rizzo, and his take on it. We're going to highlight that for you at seven ten right now. Uh, I want to bring in former state rep, incredibly popular uh, former state rep Sarah Walsh. So popular, people have been asking us, "Hey." Uh, so what is Sarah Walsh doing now? Because she enjoyed some immense popularity. And I know as she was my personal representative. I was her constituent. She helped me with a problem that was, oh, my gosh, so I can vouch for her personally. Uh, people have been wanting to know what she's been up to. We'll get into that. But right now, Sarah Walsh, welcome to the show. I want to ask you now, you're on the outside looking in. State of the state address. Your mind, biggest takeaway 
from the state of the state uh, yesterday? Well, I'll tell you, Brandon Rather, good morning, everyone, that honestly, when, when Brandon was asking me, what's my take on Stotts, you know, I was thinking Star Trek original theme song. And so, <laughs> you know, what was going through my head was life, the final frontier. These are the voyages of pro-life America to boldly march for life with others that have gone before. <laughs> I like it. Okay, well, we'll give, I'll give you some points there. We may even nominate you as one of our winners of the week tomorrow at 835. Uh, so, but generally uh, favorable, you think? Well, to be perfectly honest, um, I've been focused in, on preparing and prepping um, for traveling to the 50th annual March for Life, which is going to be held this Friday in Washington, D.C. I began this new year in a new role as Director of Education and Development for Missouri Right to Life Education Fund. So looking forward to marching with hundreds of thousands of pro-life people from across the United States and around the world. And uh, so that's really what it has been. Um, I've been packing, I've been prepping, and uh, just so excited to be able to join them. So when folks say, hey, whatever happened to Sarah Walsh, we can say she is with Missouri Right to Life. That is right. Yep. Working on their education fund side. So not the lobby side. Um, I will be on the education side, uh, lobby or educating rather, educating for life. All right. And then, uh, so you guys are leaving today. What are some of the highlights of the trip? Well, so there's going to be a rally in Washington, D.C. Um, and so Franklin Graham is going to be given the closing prayer there. There'll be many, many pro-life speakers that will be speaking. And then the March for Life, um, I am told it is the largest, longest-running peaceful protest in the history of the United States and that Missouri's had buses going to the March for Life in Washington, D.C. since 1976. Um, you know, as your listeners know, sadly, um, even though Roe v. Wade um, is, uh, you know, overturned and that decision says that there's no constitutionally guaranteed right to abortion, but that's um, been at the state's level. And so nationally, abortions are still well over 900,000 a year in America. And so education must continue to make abortion unthinkable and to transform society and culture to respect and protect all innocent human life and build a culture of life. And so we're going to be marching um, for life, being with other pro-lifers um, all throughout the nation and even the world. And so just so excited to do that. I've not been able to participate in the National March for Life yet in my life. And so this is a first time in my life for me to get to do this at the national level of course i've been at the one um in missouri uh, many 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 times um but this is this is going to be so excited exciting to be able to participate and if somebody wants to get involved in uh in work that you're doing what's the best where's the best place to send them MissouriLife.org. MissouriLife.org is Missouri Right to Life's website, and uh, you know they can also reach out to me. Um, you know, call the call the office there and uh, get a hold of me, and uh, can get them. There's lots of educational opportunities and, and volunteer opportunities and things like that on the education side. All right, former state rep Sarah Walsh now with Missouri Right to Life on the way to D.C. Sarah, thank you for joining us on Wake Up Mid Missouri this morning. It's always an honor. All right, good to hear from. Uh, good to hear. She had some incredible popularity when she was serving as one of our state reps and she was talking about peaceful protest in atlanta protesters for real and i think of people like maxine waters who had encouraged constituents to go out and i think the word that the, that these blm protesters and people that like to march against the police the the word they like to use it's another d word uh the word of the the week last week that started with the le letter d it was different yeah but but see joe biden's classified it's different than trump is different uh, the other popular word that we hear is disrupt. It's where the disrupt and is what they, I say it's code speak for violence. But dysfunctional. Dysfunctional. In Atlanta, protesters are calling for violence 
against police. Uh, officer involved shooting, and of course, cops shot the guy uh, because he was black. It wasn't because he was endangering the lives of us. They shot him because he's black. And that's what these people think, and I think they think that because uh, they watch the news, they pay attention to the, uh, to the media, and they believe it. And then they get, uh, they get scared. Who was it yesterday we were talking about the World Economic Forum? And we were highlighting some audio from somebody who said, the youth, these younger people, uh, they're terrified of climate change. And I consider, hell, anybody who's younger than me, I consider a kid. Uh, but Which, as you get older, <laughs> that group gets larger. I know. Like, damn, everybody's younger than I am <laughs> <laughs> anymore. That's why I like to spend uh, so much time hanging out with John Marsh, because then I'm not. I got humbled the other day because I was talking to someone. I'm like, they're like our age. And then I was like. Wait, how old are you? And they were for sure 10 years younger than me. And I was like, okay, maybe not. Ouch. Hannah, as a younger person, do you side with this guy from the World Economic Forum that says our younger people today are petrified of climate change? Me, personally, I'm not petrified. But do I see other people my age that are petrified? Yes. Really? They're petrified of picking up the phone and making a phone call. Okay, true. True. (laughs) Walk across Mizzou's campus if you don't believe that one. Right, Man. Uh, but I, I think they're—they're they're, not—and uh, it, it's something that they're fearing. This just—it's not—it's not true. But it shows you the power again. I always go back to the way the national news outlets cover things. People, oh, I saw it on the news. Joy Reid was talking about it. It must be true. And remember this: all of these people at this World Economic Forum—they're uh, talking about climate change. And I love the audio from Al Gore. Uh, the whole, remember the Inflation Reduction Act? Hannah, what didn't the Inflation Reduction Act do? Um, it did not reduce inflation. Uh, and we all said that. It's just climate stuff. It's climate stuff. It's climate stuff. $369 billion, which will actually be much larger than that because the heavy lifting is done by tax credits. That- uh, again, these tax credits, where people aren't choosing to buy electric vehicles. I would bet a week's worth of Hannah's salary on that one. They're not choosing. That's your own salary. (laughs) Come on. But that's how confident I am. The majority of people that are buying these electric vehicles, I don't believe they're buying them because they want to, because the federal government, in effect, is paying them to do it. And then think about this. Whenever they get, whenever all those leaders, Al Gore, do you think he's walking back from Europe here to the United States? How's he getting home? Getting on a big old jumbo jet, just like the rest of them. Oh, but carbon emissions, and don't do this, and don't do that. I wonder whatever happened to Greta Thunberg. She got busted uh, the other day. Uh, she was, rem- I don't know, busted, arrested, but I think in Germany there are people, climb- uh, the, these climate protesters who are uh, uh, spray-painting works of art and doing all this crazy stuff. She was, I think, arrested, and again, National News Outlet Port, oh, this young girl Greta Thornburg detained by police. Well, yeah, because she was impeding safety. Coming up, this is a pretty important story. Former state rep Chuck Basie. Not intentional that we would have two state reps on in a row, by the way. It just kind of worked out uh, that way. Big na- national event happening with the Right to Life March that Sarah, former state rep Sarah Walsh is involved. Chuck Basie, former state rep. I thought pretty serious story in the first place that a former state rep, especially Chuck, who had a high position within the state legislature as it relates to education running for the Columbia Public School Board. They said no because we have our own set of laws. Meanwhile, we have attorneys and Chuck Basie saying, yeah, we know you have your laws, but then there is. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. I think they are afraid of me getting on the candidate platform because they they know that I know things. 
Uh, Chuck Basie, and I do not disagree with him there. And that, as a matter of fact, before he said that publicly on our news partner's television station, ABC 17, when I found out he was running for Columbia Public School Board, our former state rep who had high uh, high positions in the state legislature when it comes to education, they are afraid of him. Absolutely. With, I, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Tried to get onto the, uh, on the ballot to be a candidate for Columbia Public School District. Uh, and there were a couple of things that happened. I want to bring in State Rep Chuck Basie uh, right now, because now, in effect, suing the school board. But the school board said, well, you didn't do it within this deadline. And then Chuck's camp is saying, well, but here's the state law. In effect, we don't care about what you think your rules are that you have created. Chuck, welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Uh, am I? Do I have that wrong? Is that the synopsis of what's happening here? That's that's pretty accurate, uh, Brandon. The, the fact is that I decided to file after I communicated with some former candidates had run, very good people, and uh, they assured me they weren't running. So this is Christmas Eve, and uh, so I decided to go ahead and file. So I, that's when I discovered their uh, December 22nd uh, so-called deadline to let them know to get their permission to file, which is uh, is in the... Uh, contradiction with state law and as a matter of fact their procedure contradicts their own policy that they revised a little less than a year ago on valentine's day uh, last year so their own policy uh contradicts their procedure they used and i i I did hire an attorney brent hayden and um, i think he's doing a phenomenal job uh he electronically filed the suit last night and um it was uh, early evening when it uh, it finally was accepted. I, I don't know how that procedure works, but but anyway, um, he told me in a separate email that he is uh, hoping for a uh, to get that in front of the court next Monday. Is so ma- we'll see what happens. Uh, and I think I I think it was it may have been on the Gary Nolan show, maybe the Randy Tobler show. Tobler's here weekdays four to six. One of them, uh, Gary or Randy, had on Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, and and J- the Secretary of State, the guy who's in charge in effect of our elections and election laws. Uh, I got the impression he didn't say these words. I got the impression like. Uh, yeah, this is a slam dunk. This is like a slam dunk you may have seen at the Mizzou-Arkansas game last night. This is an easy one. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing your attorney says the uh, same thing. And I want to ask you in these comments, and I may have asked you this before, you said Columbia Public School District is afraid of you being on the board. I agree with that even before you said it. I had that exact same thought. That was my first thought. You said because they know the things that you know. What are some other things that you know? And by the way, the things that happen in the Columbia Pub, there are some, there really are. There's some bad, bad things. And we get, we've been lied to by the superintendent. We have very poor communications with the mouthpiece for the school district. But this is important as it relates to an election anywhere, not just in Columbia, when you have a, 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 a local electioning body in effect saying well but we have these rules we know what the state law says we have these rules what is it you know that you think columbia public school district is worried about well they're they're uh, not uh, being very transparent in a lot of uh, realms they uh they fail to acknowledge that uh, the majority of the students in the public school system not not just in columbia but across the state are not proficient in some very key subject areas. So that's one thing. Columbia is performing very poorly in some very key areas, science and math and some others. And uh, they they never really talk about those uh, poor test scores. And this, frankly, this has been happening well before COVID. 
Um, I, I know of some, some people that researched that, and, and it, they've been declining since around 2014, 2015, and they continue to decline. Um, they're, they're, they're teaching the teachers on how to teach the critical race theory concepts. Uh, they hired an organization out of St. Louis, so I, I know uh, about that, but they refuse to... Uh, I send them a sunshine request. They want me to pay for the information. I think it should be public. They should have that uh, out in front of the uh, the taxpayers and the parents to uh, let us know how much they're paying that contract for and the contents of the material. Frankly, I, I have some of that material that they're yeah. putting in front of the teachers. Uh, teachers are leaving in droves in public education in Missouri because they're being forced to teach stuff that frankly, they think is not not appropriate. And the other big issue facing our teachers is the, the discipline problems that lack support from the administrators, school boards, and, and such. So, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be very vocal. If I do get on this ballot, I, I intend to really highlight that. And uh, I'm not going to dance around these issues, these feel-good issues that they're going to try and push at these forums. I'm going to tell it exactly like it is, and if people don't, don't want to vote for me, that's fine. Chuck, I got I got to run here. We're we're running out of time, okay. but I've got a surefire way for you, I think, to get on the ballot. I'll deflect to my uh, attorney friend from Ellinger Bell, Dean Peter Klemke Jr. He is on. Apparently, he is still on the ballot, despite the fact announcing earlier this week he is mm-hmm. not going to run in the school board race. And I appreciated mm-hmm. his honesty. He says, "You know what? I kind of didn't know what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the honesty, but that's Dean Peter." Klemke Jr., according to what I'm looking at, he would still be on the ballot. So, uh, 